0: Hey, it's Faye Bean here, Youth Director of Harvest Church, Greensboro, North Carolina. This podcast is for youth, 6th through 12th grade. I hope that as you listen to this podcast, that you are encouraged and have a change of heart. So take some notes and lock in. It's time to grow. Tonight, uh, I know I say this quite often, but I I mean it this time. No, I mean it every time. But tonight um, might be one of the most important messages that you will hear. I said one of the most important messages that you will ever hear from me um, that I speak. Um, The importance of this message uh, will put things into perspective of the ideas that were born certain ways, maybe born with certain type of disabilities or deformities or even lifestyle. Um, I want to bring clarity to you guys tonight in regards to this subject, being born this way, or, you know, born again. Um, and being born this way, I want you guys to hear the most important or the importance of being born again. Why receiving Jesus Christ is so much, uh, it's very, very, very important. The goal for tonight is for you to leave here with an understanding of what really spiritually happened when you were conceived and then when you came out of your mother's womb. I know we always hear one, you know, certain thing in regards to just being Uh, conceived and then just being born. But there are some things that happen spiritually that we don't really talk about. And I want you guys to leave out of here knowing what that was. So you might be wondering, like, why is it so important for me to um, know about the moment that I was conceived? Well, it's very important for you to know that we all know this, that God is our creator, that he created us, right? But how? Like, how did he create us? Like, what was it about God? What did God do that actually created us, you know. I want you guys to understand that though he was the, is the original creator of you and me and everything, um, when he created you, when he created me, when he created everything, he said that it was good. It was good. It was good. And so I want to go ahead and pray real quick, and then we're going to dive into this word and um, have clarity when we leave out here tonight. Bow your hearts, close your eyes. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your mercy, your grace, your peace that surpasses all understanding. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that every heart is softened to hear your word tonight, Father God. Soften to hear your word. Let it transform our mind, our hearts, Father, giving us wisdom, revelation, and knowledge on who you are in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord God, and we give you all the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen. 1 Corinthians 2:11 through 12. 1 Corinthians 2:11 through 12. I'm going to be reading the Living Bible version, but there is the New Living Translation on the screen. It says this: No one can really know what anyone else is thinking or who or what he is really like except that person himself. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And God has actually given us his spirit, not the world spirit, to tell us about the wonderful free gifts of grace and blessing that God has given us. Key words, God has given us his spirit. John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Jesus is saying here that it is the spirit that actually gives us life and the flesh profits absolutely nothing. The flesh is the body that we live in. The flesh is the skin that we're in. The flesh is the feelings that we have and then even maybe the emotions that we have. But from the moment you were conceived, God breathed his spirit into you. God breathed a spirit into you that gave you life. It is the spirit that gave you um, life and it is the spirit that he recognizes When he sees you, I want you to pay very close attention to what I'm saying. God breathed his spirit. God breathed a spirit into you, and it is the spirit that gave you life. And when he sees you, he sees that spirit, not your flesh. He's concerned with your flesh, but he doesn't see. He sees the spirit that he has given you. No matter how you were conceived, whether it was out of rape whether it was out of wedlock, if it was a mistake. But no matter how you were conceived, no matter the circumstance, how, whatever the circumstance may have been, whichever way that you were conceived, God breathed his spirit into you. God breathed a living spirit into you. Therefore, you have life. And that is because of God. In Genesis 126, God says, let us make man someone like ourselves. 20 years, 20 years, 2,000 years later, something like that, John recorded Jesus saying in chapter 424, that's John 424, that God is a spirit. So when Jesus says God is a spirit, Jesus himself is speaking and he says, God is a spirit. He's saying that God is eternal, infinite, intelligent, invisible, and incorruptible. Okay? Let me remind you, the Bible says that God said in 1 Genesis 1:26, "Let us make man or let us make someone, let us make man someone in our likeness, in our image." And so God is eternal, infinite, intelligent, invisible, and incorruptible. Now, the only difference between the spirit God has given us and his spirit is that our spirit can actually be corrupted. This is the difference between us and God. Each and every last one of us have a spirit that's giving us life. It's a spirit on the inside of us, okay? Again, God said, let us make man in our image, like in our likeness, God is a spirit, so he created us as a spirit. Now, we do have a flesh, we have a body, and we have a soul, right? And so the spirit is the center, the very core of who you are. It's not your name, it's not the skin that you're in, it's not the disabilities or the deformities that you're in. The spirit is actually who you are now you do have a soul that gives you personality you do have a body that you're living in but it is the spirit that is actually giving you life again the only difference between you and God is the fact that he is incorruptible but your spirit can be corrupted and this is the that is the biggest difference that we have between us and God God is incorruptible he cannot be but you can't your spirit can be, incor- can be corrupted. And it's just fair that God would create humankind with the opportunity to choose. If you were uncorruptible or incorruptible, then you wouldn't have a choice but to do what God told you to do. But because your spirit can be corrupted, you have a choice. And it's only fair That God would create us with the opportunity to choose life, life more abundantly, to choose what he has ordained for us, or to choose evil. Jesus had to deal with the exact same things that we deal with. We have the perfect example in the Word where he was tempted on the mountain. Listen, we are tempted and the purpose of that temptation, what's happening with the temptation that the enemy brings, is to corrupt your spirit. And so it's very important for you to understand that Jesus did what he had to do to not allow the spirit that God gave him to be corrupted. And we have the exact same responsibility. The God given spirit, the God given spirit that he gave us, we have the responsibility to not allow corruption in. So what am I saying to you? That God is a spirit. God said, let us make man in our image, infinite, intelligent, invisible. At the time of conception, God gave you a spirit in his likeness. And it's the spirit that he gave you that is blameless. It can't be killed It can't be destroyed. It can't just disappear. You are a spirit from God that lives in a body and possesses a soul. Somebody say that I am a spirit, I live in a body, and I have a soul. It's important for you to understand that there is not one person on this earth, guys, that was not created by God. It doesn't matter how bad they are, every person on this earth have a bit of God on the inside of that breath that air that that life that spirit God did not create anything that was bad and he did not create anything that's an abomination to him and doomed to hell not one person That's not the kind of God that we serve it doesn't make sense that he would put a spirit a negative spirit that is a, denom- a-, a abomination to him, and doom that spirit into hell. Listen, you guys know this. I want you guys to have an understanding though, when you leave out of here tonight that your spirit is infinite it's never going to die it's never going to die that's a part of the-, the DNA that God gave you, that spirit that is giving you life right now that's giving you your body movement right now it's never. Going to die. It's either going to, when your body passes, it's either going to this place called heaven or it's going to this place called hell. Your spirit is alive forever. So it doesn't make sense that He will put a spirit into you that is doomed to hell. The same time that you were conceived, your body, your flesh, was also being formed. Now understand the God-given spirit that's in you is untouchable because God is untouched and unmatched and cannot be destroyed. But the flesh can be. Do you understand what I'm saying? The flesh can be destroyed. This body that we live in can be destroyed. But the spirit that God gave you can't be. Now, I remember, you know, we have this, this story when, when Adam was created. You know, it's very, it's very important to understand that he used dirt to form it. And like I said before, when you die, that body will go back into the ground where it came from. Again, your spirit will live forever. Over time, the body will disappear. The bones will still be there, but your spirit will be either in heaven or in hell. Listen, David says in Psalms 51.6, I don't know if you have this one, but I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother consumed me, born a sinner, David had an understanding of this truth. And then the very next verse, he talks about he begins to petition to be cleansed from the sin. Like he understands, he has an understanding that he was born into sin. Each and every last one of us in this room was born into sin, okay? Jesus was born into sin, just like we're born into sin. So if you're born into a bunch of nasty, derogatory, foolishness, if you're born into sin, something that is out to kill you, it's, it's, it's for us to understand that it's very possible, yes, that we may be born with the opportunity or this in, in, in a deformed way or with disabilities because we're born into sin. It's very possible being born into sin opens the door for the enemy to do what only the enemy can do. Okay, to populate the earth, it was God's idea. God wanted to populate the earth. You are a God idea. God saw it important for you to be on this earth right now. You are a part of his plan, specifically because he's giving you a spirit to live. And any ideas that God have, you better believe that all of the Satans out here in this world, evil spirits out here have plans to destroy it. Satan know that he can't kill your spirit, but he does know that he can come against your flesh. He can Make your mind, train your mind to think a certain way that's not like God. And it's in those moments, it's in those seasons, it's in, those, in that time where there's a transformation that happens in your mind where evil comes in, where we make evil decisions. Okay? Are you guys following me so far? Do you understand? Satan will work and work and work to contaminate and corrupt the God-given spirit that God gave you. He wants to contaminate that spirit, but he can't kill that spirit. He can't make it disappear, but he wants to contaminate it. Ephesians 6.12. I am going to read this real quick. <clears throat> we're going to go through it even deep, more deeper in a, in a few, but it says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood, okay? We're not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies. I'm reading the Living Bible Version. There's a New Living Translation up there, all right? It says, we're not fighting against people with bodies, but against persons or evil rulers, unseen world, in the unseen world, evil rulers, darknesses, satanic beings, great evil princes of the darkness who rule this world, and against the huge number of wicked spirits in this spirit world. All right? It's saying here that we are not fighting a natural body. We're fighting against spirits out here. Because we all are spirits. We have a spirit on the inside of us. So that person that talks about you, that person that bullies you, that person that is... Man, I mean, there's a spirit that's behind that. It's very clear in the Word of God... Man, and I think about David, man. He didn't have what we got today. He didn't have what we have where we can come into church and hear, you know, a word from God. Or, you know, he didn't have the technology where we can learn on a consistent basis, you know, Jesus, all God things. He didn't have that. David had an understanding and a relationship with God that gave him understanding of this very truth. That there is, that this world is very Spiritual. And it's ran by spiritual beings. The spiritual ram, guys, is more real than this natural ram, than this body that we live in. The spiritual ram is so real, guys. Man, there is spiritual activity happening that you can't even see right now in this room. Spiritual activity that's happened, the spiritual ram is so real, and David had an understanding of this even in the Old Testament. And here we have Paul bringing this to life. He's saying here that we're not wrestling against, we're not fighting against people, this blood, you know, bodies, we're actually fighting against principalities, rulers and darkness, evil spirits out here. It's very clear that the spiritual realm is more real than the natural that we see every single day there is a fight to not allow evil spirits the evil spirits of this world to not overtake us to not contaminate or corrupt the god given spirit that he's given us it is a fight every single day to not allow evil spirits evil to overtake my mind and my body my soul it's it's a fight But when you have an understanding that I am a spirit and that God gave me a spirit and that I have a spirit within me that is empowered by God that gives me life, then you could fight against that that spirit. And then God even gives us, you know, he gives us the Holy Spirit to even teach us and lead us and guide us, man. he's given us equipment to fight the good fight of this faith. You were born with a clean, uncorrupted spirit. The spirit within you is who you are, and it's what matters the most when we're talking about being born into this world. It's not the disabilities. It's not the deformities. It's not the feelings. It's not the chosen lifestyles, guys. It's the original plan of God. It's the spirit within you that matters the most, and we have a job to to, to protect the God-given spirit that he's given us to not allow it to be contaminated with the things of this world. It's our job. We are to base our birth on the spirit that God has given us more than the physical body we're born in. You were born with a perfect, uncorrupted spirit from God, period. Here's the other side to this whole thing, is that we're born into sin that attacks, attacks our flesh, our thoughts, our beliefs, our feelings, and have a major effect on our actions. This is how a good and God-given spirit gets corrupted. It's because of the flesh it's because of the, the evil things that are going on that we allow to, to look at, we allow ourselves to look at or to experience that the evil the, or good God-given spirit that God has given us is then corrupted. Okay, a baby, pure, loving, sweet little baby that is born, evil creeps in very, 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 very early. And again, that's very. That's why it's important for parents to pray over their children and Cleanse and protect them with the blood of Jesus. What matters the most to you guys is that you do not allow anything to corrupt your spirit. Don't allow the things that you accept, the things that you see, the thoughts and the feelings that you have corrupt the God given spirit. Although the spirit God gave you give you life and gives life to your body and is a spirit, it is still spiritually dead. Now, this is a whole other side. Of what we're talking about, the spirit that God is giving you. The body that you're living in right now is the spirit that God gave you, that's given the body life, but it's spiritually dead to the kingdom of God. The things, the spiritual things of God. It's alive and it's making your body move, it's giving your, your body, you know, movement but it's spiritually dead to the kingdom of God. This is why being born again is so important. This is why we must be born again. Jesus was talking to a guy named Nicodemus in the Bible. Nicodemus had devoted his life To the study of scriptures, and uh, he didn't understand some things that Jesus was talking to him about in John 3.3. He says, Jesus says, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And to gain interest to God's eternal kingdom, Nicodemus was counting on the fact that he was born a Jew and that uh, he wasn't the average Jew, that he was a Pharisee. I'm going to heaven And I'm going to experience the kingdom of God because I'm a Jew and I'm a Pharisee. And Jesus basically says that your natural birth, your your religious devotion, coming to church every day, reading your Bible, studying and all those things, your uh, religious study, it actually means absolutely nothing. You must be born again. And that's what he wanted to get over to Nicodemus. But Nicodemus was not having it. He didn't understand the importance of why do I need to be born again? I'm a Jew. I'm a, you know, I'm a Pharisee. I've studied. like That's not enough to get me into the kingdom of God. And Jesus is saying, there's a new kingdom that I am, that I have created, you know, and it's in heaven. And you will not get there unless you believe in me, unless you believe and have accepted me into your life, that you are born again. The main reason that you need to be born again. The main reason for this new birth is so that you can see and enter the kingdom, eternal kingdom of God, and to avoid his judgment. Without the new birth, you're spiritually dead and cut off from God. All right, this sounds so confusing. God, like, what is going on? Okay, so I was born with a spirit that you gave me, and yet I'm spiritually dead to you I'm born into sin and I'm spiritually dead. What is going on? It sounds so crazily crazy, like it sounds crazy. There's a process that we're living in. There's a method to this whole thing, the fundamental divide between the spiritual and the physical. John 3, 6 said, that, that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that is born of the spirit is spirit. Jesus draws a sharp line between the physical birth and the spiritual birth. And when he says being born again, he's talking about a spiritual new beginning that allows you into the eternal kingdom of God. It's a new spiritual beginning. Yes, we all know Romans 5 12. I mean, from Romans 5:12 through 19. It's explained there because of Adam's sin, we're all born into sin, separated from God, and unable to submit to God. When you're a baby, you're born into sin. You're unable to submit to God. Although you have a God, a spirit that God gave you, you can't submit to God just yet. You don't know what that's like. But you do get to a place where you receive. Uh, you have the age of accountability, right? I got saved when I was three years old. I was born into the church. Like, I was literally there from the moment I was born, but it wasn't until three. Now, at two, I heard about Jesus and all, but it wasn't until three that I understood the importance of being born again. I was just talking to our children's director, and we were just, you know, dialoguing about this, and she said before I even said it that most kids that are in church at the age of or born into church or come to church, they receive Jesus at age of three. Is there anybody that, was, that received Jesus at the age of three or four years old? At the age of three, you have an understanding, like you understand some things. But up until that point, you don't really know. You don't really understand. Your spirit is dead to the things of God. You're spiritually dead. Babies are, don't have a, aren't born with an inclination towards God. Babies are born alienated from God. They don't don't know. They They don't know anything about God. Although they came from God, they don't recognize it, right? We are all born alienated from God, and so we need God's Spirit to impart spiritual life to us so that we can become God's spiritual children. John 1, 12 through 13, Jesus says here, but as many as receive him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Listen, every person on this earth have the ability to choose Jesus Christ, and then from that moment, have the right to become God's spiritual children. So there is a divide between what is being born of the flesh and what is being born of the Spirit. There is a divide. So yeah, we have this natural flesh, we have this natural moment that we're born in, but then there comes a time where there's a New beginning, spiritual, a new spiritual life that we are to live out of. And here is the, the difference here. Because we have a human nature and then we have a spiritual nature. In Galatians 5, 17, we're going to read through 27. It says here, for we naturally love to do evil things that are just the opposite From the things that the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And the good things we want to do when the Spirit has his way with us are just the opposite of the natural desires that we have. These two forces within us are constantly fighting. Remember how I said that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but against rulers, spiritual things? It's talking about that right here. That these two forces within us are constantly fighting each other, to win control over us. Verse 18, it says, and when you're guided by the Holy Spirit, you need no longer to force yourself to obey God's laws. But when you follow your own inclinations, when you follow just the, you know, the evil, evil that's out here, when you're just in life without knowing that you need Jesus, this is what happened. It says, uh, your lives will produce these evil results, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, Adultery, spiritism, that is encouraging the activities of, of, of demons. Hatred and fighting, jealousy and anger, constant effort to get the best for yourself. Complaints and criticisms, the feeling that every everyone else is wrong except those in your own little group, and there will be wrong doctrine, envy, murder, drunkenness, wild parties, and all of the sort of things. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. There is a divide right here. That 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 the the author is trying to communicate to us. Without the spirit that's alive to him, that we, you know, hey, God, uh, overtake us, Holy Spirit, come in us, lead us and guide us. Without that, these things here. So you might be like, well, I have the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, I receive Jesus, and I'm still doing these things. Well, there's a purge that has to happen. There's a rededication that has to happen. There's some repentance that has to happen. And there's some actions that has to change. You know, the Bible says to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. there's a renewing that has to shift within you. It says you will not inherit the kingdom of God when you're doing all of these things. But it says here in verse 22, but when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, that's when we give our life over to Jesus, that's when the born-again Transformation begins to happen when when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce this kind of fruit in us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. And those, and here it says this self control, and there it's here is there's no conflict when you're flowing in these things, there's no conflict to following the plan of God. Those who belong to Christ have nailed their evil desires to the cross and crucified them there. Verse 25, it says, if we are now living by the Holy Spirit's power, let us follow the Holy Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Then we won't need to look for honors and popularity, which leads to jealousy and hard feelings. Paul is putting it blank, just clear. He's saying, you know, the born-again born moment, this is the life that you would live if you've truly nailed the evil desires to the cross. But this is the life that you would live if you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to rule and reign in your life. If you haven't received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this is what's going to happen. What am I saying to you tonight? I'm going to paint this picture and we're going to end. the moment of your conception, when you were conceived, God gave you a spirit. The body was beginning to form. Evil knew what had just happened. Evil spirits tried to come and overtake you. Even while in the womb. When you were born and you came out of your mother's womb because we're born into sin, things happen. Things, you know, again, disabilities, deformities, different things happen because we're born into sin. All right? But the spirit that God gave you, still pure, untouched. You're living life as a kid, a little baby. You know, mama's feeding you, daddy's, you know, cleaning you, whatever the case may be. And you realize, you know, okay, like, you don't realize because you're a baby, but what's happening is that you're, you're beginning to form beliefs and you're being taught things. And you haven't gotten to the age of accountability where you know what's right and from what's wrong. Even in this moment as a baby, between the moment that you were born to the age of three, let's just say, you're still alienated from God. You're not, you're, God is, you're not a child of God. And that's totally fine. That's okay. You know, uh, God can't hold you accountable for what you don't know. Some people may say, well, does all babies go to heaven? Absolutely. They came from God. Until you get to that place of accountability, age of accountability. But then, you know, say, for instance, you're in church and you, you're, you know, you're learning things about God, you're learning spiritual things or whatever, and you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, then there is a spiritual transformation that, that begins to happen when you're a baby. But say, for instance, you don't, receive from, you don't receive Jesus until you're 15 years old, 17 years old. All of that time, you're alienated from God. Yeah, you may be in the presence of God as you come to church, and yeah, you may have, you know, you hear the word and all these different things, and you're like, man, I should change that. You're still alienated from God unless you receive God, receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's when the true process of righteousness and holiness takes place. But when you're in the age of zero to one, two, and three, you don't know what's going on. You get about three years old, you start paying attention, you're listening, you're understanding. You start talking, you know, of course, you're talking by that time. You know right from wrong. Mama didn't spank you a few times. You know what you should do, what you shouldn't do. It's a known thing that, you know, the first kind of sin that uh, we do is we lie when we're, when we're babies. Did you do this? No. Where did they learn that from? It's a sin nature. It comes from the devil. And some people carry that on for years and years and years through You know, being a kid and growing up and then you become a teenager, you just carry that sin nature on with lying and maybe cheating, stealing a few things, um, anger, whatever. You just carry that on because you don't know. And again, God can't hold you accountable for what you don't know. So then you get saved when you're 15, 16 years old. For me, Josh, some of you guys that was born in, born again at age three that process was was happening, you know? You begin to, you're processing things, you're understanding things, you're growing in the desires for Jesus Christ. Something is happening, and then you get into the world, and you start going to school, and you start being affected by what people are saying and what people are doing, and your, your feelings start getting in the way, you know? You start having emotions and feelings and different thoughts or whatnot, and then the enemy is all a part of this whole thing telling you that you're this way and that you're that way, and you, you were born this way, and and that you had this thing. All these different things are happening. Man, when you, as you get older, the more attacks, the more spiritual attacks begin to happen. Whether you are saved at that time or not. Thank God, you know, for me at the age of three and learning about, you know, God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all these different things. Thank God I knew the truth. The truth is what kept me from doing a lot of different derogatory things that goes against God. But say, for instance, you know, you get older and you you receive Jesus Christ at 15, 16 years old, whatever, 13. There's a transformation process that begins in your life that must take place. You nail those evil desires that has just, you know, over years, that has just been building and building and building. You nail those things to the cross. You nail those things, or you lay those things down at the feet of Jesus. And you say, God, take my life. Take over my my, my being, my soul, my mind. Take over my body. You say, God, have your way. Jesus, your Lord. Tell me what to do, how to live. That's the Christian process the spiritual transformation that begins. And then, you know, you begin to have those, uh, you know, you begin to walk in a a way that, you know, uh, of love and peace and joy and happiness and long-suffering and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control because you're, you're working towards living the spiritual life that God has called you to live. But what if I am a Christian and what if I am doing these things and what if I, you know, I hear, you know, what if I'm, 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 I love Jesus and I've been born again and my spiritual life is alive unto Christ and all these awesome things and I'm still doing these bad things? Listen. Just repent. Shift. Change. Dive into the things of God. Allow that spiritual uh, um. Progression to happen that makes you see spiritual things, godly things. Allow your life to be pleasing unto God. We must allow ourselves the chance to seek after God 100% wholeheartedly. Don't you want to please God with every ounce of blood, every part of your being. The spiritual realm is more real than this natural realm. Spiritual activity is happening on a consistent basis through you and even the unknown things that you can't see. So my question to you tonight, when it comes down to this, 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 this two natures, these two natures that we have, the nature of man or the nature of this world and the spiritual nature that's alive unto Christ, which one are you going to allow to dictate your actions? The evil... or the things of God. It's your choice. No one can choose it but you. I'm talking to you guys tonight about this because I want you guys to understand that you are a spirit, and that spirit is more alive than this flesh that we live in. And I just want you guys to understand, I deeply want you to understand that this is a spiritual battle. And that God wants your spirit and to guide your spirit. And Satan wants your spirit and to guide your spirit. And it's up to you to choose. Are you with me tonight? Stand up. Every head bowed and every eye closed. There's anyone in this room that wants to receive Jesus Christ. You've never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. You've never been born again. You've never allowed the spiritual transformation to happen in your life where you are alive to Christ. You're alive in Christ. If you want to be born again tonight, raise your hand. There's anyone in here that want to be born again?